Binge the full week of The Ray Taylor Show ad-free over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. This is The Ray Taylor Show. In the heat of the night from 1967, another classic film that I have yet to see filling in my blind spot of mil- of films that from the past that I just need to catch up on. And this one starring Sidney Poitier, uh, Rest in Peace, recently passed away, uh, Sidney Poitier. I don't think I, this may be potentially the first Sidney Poitier film I've seen. I'm going to throw that out there. There might be a film. Let me go through. Let me real quick. Let me let me see. Let me see. Maybe see if something jumps out, at least on the top. No, 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 nope, nope. Uh, he worked up till 2001 was his last film. Like there must be a movie, Sneakers. Okay. Although I haven't watched Sneakers since I was a kid. Either way. legitimately this is a great movie obviously uh his style his acting style in this i don't know if it's in every movie but in this one his character so smooth so cool like as calm and still as you will see any actor like in every moment in every scene he is just does not move he is stone he is like just just everything coming at him and i think a lot of that adds to the character so i'm not sure that's why i say maybe in other movies he is more there's more like performance and not to say that this performance was bad this performance was amazing but it's just something you don't see in film characters that just literally hold still but you can tell like you can tell that the in those moments where he's still that he like he's processing what's going on. He's seeing everything from all the angles. Because in this one, he's playing a uh, detective, police detective from Philadelphia, who is uh, mistakenly suspected of a murder uh, in this like rural town. Does it say Mississippi town? So the description says racially hostile Mississippi town. Let's just say. A Mississippi town. There's maybe there's. I haven't been to Mississippi. Maybe I drove drove through Mississippi once. I don't know. I've never been, but wouldn't surprise me. I wouldn't be surprised if there are small towns currently that act very similarly to this movie. Uh, but yeah, this is very much a racist white town meets black guy uh, passing through. Uh, and because he's a black guy, is instantly fingered for a murder that happened uh, just because he's a black guy. Literally just the only reason. He happens to be in a bus stop when the cops are out looking for suspects uh, and because he's black. Uh, but instantaneously, when he gets brought in, he's cool and calm and collected because he is a cop. And he shows the the cop who's in charge there, uh, Rod Steiger, I want to say, is the chief Bill Gillespie. He shows him that he's a cop. And it's like, between the two of them, 
Sydney Poitier, Rob Steiger. <clears throat> Poitier is uh, Mr. Tibbs. This is where the they call me Mr. Tibbs, the classic line. It's always it's kind of an awesome feeling to be going back into these classic films that I've never watched and to see these iconic lines as they're spoken in the film like that. So they call me Mr. Tibbs and, and especially knowing the context of how those lines were said, because in the context of that, like they're trashing on him, they're trashing on him. And he says, you know, this is where he's telling people that he's a detective. And it's like, listen, I, command respect where i come from because i am levels above all of you when it comes to my job so despite the fact that you are extremely racist people it is just not even possible for them to comprehend that this guy is it is he's light years ahead if there's levels to the game of murder investigations in homicide investigations, Mr. Tibbs is at a high level. He is a black belt. And the sheriff, chief, sorry, chief, sees that. And because he sees that, because there's at least that, that ounce of respect... That it's like, oh, this guy actually, despite the fact that every ounce of him hates this black guy because of his views, because of Chief Bill Gillespie's views that he's grown up on, surrounded with his entire life, no doubt, living in this small Mississippi town. But he, he sees, he's one of the few people to see that Sidney Poitier's character, Mr. Tibbs, is levels above he knows his shit and because of that there's an interesting dynamic between the two of them as they're kind of investigating chief gillespie is so quick to finger everybody for the crime like he wants to solve this crime because nothing happens you know it's you know aside from a black person wandering in town or you know whatever whatever things that they do criminally that's like accepted in this small mississippi town aside from that having this murder of this guy who's supposed to be bringing in like a bunch of jobs a new business into town he's so quick to try and 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 get the the murderer to justice because it's important but he he's has zero experience with this stuff maybe not zero probably a little he would have to have a little bit of respect to understand that Sidney Poitier's character Mr. Tibbs has levels of experience higher like to to understand and give him show him respect and there's a moment where they go to uh this racist cotton farmer I'm trying to see who is he Mr. Purdy, no, no. What was his name? The uh, Harvey Oberst? No. Anyway, whatever that character's name was, the racist guy who owns the cotton farm. 
has like a minstrel statue at the front of his walkway to his house. All of his servants are black. He still has black people out in the cotton fields picking cotton. Like old school, like a generation away from owning slaves. Which I don't know if this, I think this was, this wasn't like a period piece or anything. At least it doesn't say. I mean, the movie took, was made in 67. So not that long after slavery. And still far from equal rights. Far from like civil rights being widespread in this Mississippi town. And this guy like old school. And there's this thing that Mr. Tibbs does. He sets up the fact that he knows like he's already ahead. He already knows. He's already put the pieces together. He got this little piece of evidence that he saw, this little like root or whatever, this like moss that he found in in the car of the guy who died. Right? This little piece of evidence. And he knows he he, he knows what it's used for. Right? He ends up getting to the guy who he suspects. But the cop, he still doesn't know Chief. Right? He's Chief. Uh yeah, Chief Gillespie. He's not there yet. But Mr. Tibbs knows that he's got it. Like if he if he lays out his his thoughts and it expresses them in a way almost like a lawyer does in a trial when they're asking, you know, they're they're building a case. So he's Mr. Tibbs has to build a case for this racist guy because he's not going to just believe him. And there's this moment where it's like Mr. Tibbs is is the the guy who runs the cotton farm brings him into this greenhouse where he's got all these orchids. I think they're orchids, all these flowers. And Mr. Tibbs knows he knows all about flowers, too. Like he's a black belt in uh, homicide detectiveness and uh, flower horticulture. And he knows all of the things about flowers. And there's a moment where he's like, you know, talking to him about flowers or whatever. And and Chief Gillespie's all kind of impressed. The fact that he knows about flowers, too. It's like, man, this guy is blowing my mind. Not only do I see the fact that he knows more than me about this detective shit, but he also knows about just stuff. Like, he's a smart guy in more than just that. Like, he's a he's educated ab- above, like, this the small little box that this racist put him in. And he goes and he picks and he's like, oh, what is this stuff? This stuff that this stuff is planted in. He's like, what is this? What is this called? And he has the guy, the the cotton farmer guy, say the name of the thing that Mr. Tibbs had called that evidence that he found, that little fibers that he found in the car. He's like, this is smilacolacanus or whatever. And then the guy, the, the cotton farmer's like, oh, that's smilacolacanus because that's what makes these plant these flowers, you know, it's the best thing f- to plant with them. And in that moment, you see Chief Gillespie go, he, he knows. Like, the, like that, like, solidified it for him to trust that, that Mr. Tibbs knows this shit. And it's a cool scene. Because you see how it's like Mr. Tibbs is like uh, just... He's playing like 40 chess and and the the cotton guy's playing chess and then Chief Gillespie's playing checkers. And then the deputies are like like rolling like flipping quarters or whatever. Whatever's below chess. 
The Many Faces is an ongoing abstract ink portrait series that I started many years ago. I release a new face every day, but go to inspireddisorder.com to check them out. So many available. But as a listener to The Ray Taylor Show, you can save 10% when you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out. So go to inspireddisorder.com slash TMF, that stands for The Many Faces. Go check them out, browse the entire collection, and when you decide on a piece, or maybe multiple pieces, make sure you use coupon code INSPIRED when you check out, and you'll save 10% as a big thank you for checking out my work, for collecting my work, and for listening to The Ray Taylor Show. And with that said, let's get back to the show. So there's like, you know, the 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 Gillespie is like so ready to to finger people ends up there's two people falsely imprisoned who end up being like kind of the the two people who cheer for Mr. Tibbs the most because him finding the actual guy who's guilty of this murder is going to allow both of them to be set free. The one thing that was so annoying in this entire movie, which could have been planned, which could have been on purpose, because it definitely cranked up my feeling of annoyance towards this racist chief, who is at least like, he has like, he's, he's cracking open, right? He hasn't completely shed his, his racist skin. He's still... He's in the process. He's just newly been introduced. His mind has newly been awakened to the possibility that humans are uh, similar across the board, regardless of melanin content. He's not not nearly like uh, it's not like Green Book where it's just like so effortlessly accepting. But at least he started to like that that just started cracking open. And the thing that, like, highlights the fact that he is this annoying guy is the fact, at least for me, that throughout this entire movie, Chief Gillespie is chomping on gum like it's going out of style. Like, he's there to solve murders and chew gum, and Mr. Tibbs got the murder stuff. So he is going to chew the fuck out of this gum and it is annoying for me for somebody i'm not a big fan of the sounds of people chewing or eating or drinking any of those sounds when it's quiet in my room and i can hear my dog licking her paws it drives me insane I had a girlfriend once who decided to eat cereal next to the bed while I was still sleeping, and that relationship ended. Not because of that, but it is, it like makes my skin crawl. It's one of the things I hate the most about podcasts when people decide to eat while being recorded in audio, like they will chew into the microphone as if there is no other time in their day where they can eat it has to be done while the audio of them is being recorded and it has to be in my i hate it 
So him chomping on this gum throughout this entire movie was infuriating. Which makes it very easy to hate because he's all already a racist. Yeah, he's kind of, you know, kind of cracking through, giving Mr. Tibbs a little bit of respect here and there. But like, oh, my God. Like, I can imagine that being a just a small taste of the desire Mr. Tibbs had to get the fuck out of that town. Because there's this guy just chomping in his ear the whole movie. There's kind of a fun car chase where it's like these local racists chase down Mr. Tibbs. Because it's like he's given a car. You know, they're like, they they decide it's a win-win for them if they let him help with the investigation. Because if, he, if he's successful, then they can take credit for being successful in bringing the, the murderer to justice. And if he fails, they can blame him for interfering with their investigation. So it's a win-win for them. And they give him a car because he needs to get around in this town. And he's not going to be chauffeured by the cops. So they give him a car. They give him, like, this baby blue car. Easily recognizable. So while he's driving, he gets spotted by these, you know, racist dudes. These Republicans. (laughs) These Trump supporters. Way before Trump existed. Uh, actually Trump's dad was probably being racist already by then, but, uh, and they were probably big fans of him. Here's this guy's real estate. And anyway, um, and there's a car chase that ends up with Tibbs pulling off and by this, like this, like, uh, I don't know if it's like a garage, like this kind of warehouse type of, uh, you know, and pulls off into this building and is trying to hide can't hide and then you have this gang of four dudes that are going to to beat him up kill him because he's black and they're racist and that's what they do and uh kind of fun stylish interesting stylized fight scene you know 1970s they didn't have the fight choreography of today but it still worked well it didn't look cheesy it's not like they were trying to do a fight choreography uh badly like there was no real fight choreography it was like the camera was on Sidney Poitier and he's like swinging a pole and there's like sound effects and then you cut to the other side where it's like the other guys with the chains kind of doing their thing so it's like you know shot in a way to where it's a very stylized look at what a fight might be um but also a scary moment because despite the fact that the cop sees his brilliance knows that he's a black belt these four racist dudes don't care they're just racist dudes that want to kill black people if they see him they want to kill him because that's what you know deep down that's what all those racist people want they want to exterminate all races but white people that's like their whole plan that's why for those that don't know that's why it's not great that trump was a fan of them you know it's not great that the entire gop is like a kkk rally these days you know or you know neo-nazis even anyway um so that was kind of a fun scene uh what else 
there's a scene where the chief is like opening up like they end up getting a drink he ends up going over to to his place to to have a drink and uh chief gillespie is starting to open up about just how how tough things are and just kind of having a heart to heart and mr tibbs this is like where you see that like the nuance in kind of a racist character not fully opening up to equality right he understands and has respect for for mr tibbs black belt ability in detective work but he's still a white racist a white supremacist who thinks that white people and black people are different species and because of that there is no way for one to relate to the other despite the fact that he's sharing these things about how hard things are and just like he's having this heart to heart and then mr tibbs relates to his pain and in that moment because this white supremacist feels that he's being pitied by a black man by somebody he feels though is less than him even though he knows he respects his black belt in homicide detectiveness he's like shuts it down like in any other movie it would the, the scene would not ex exist it would just be like it would just be like lazy writing like something like a green book movie where it's just all of a sudden they're they're not racist anymore like that's not like when you spent your entire life being racist you don't just turn on a dime nobody changes that fast even if he does start to open up he has only begun to start opening up to the idea of equality that his like it's going to take a while for him to dis completely dismantle if ever completely dismantle his wall of hate and that scene clarified gives you that little you know clarification into like listen he, he he's he's at a point like he's started to be accepting but only to a point and it shows like his true nature in a lot of ways where it's still a lot of work to do mr tibbs isn't going to be changing this town now this movie was turned into a tv show which i have not seen the show and i can't imagine like like because he's just a cop out of town I, I i'd be interested to see how the the show like does he move there why does he move there or does the gillespie cop go to philadelphia to help him there like the i the dynamic is great but i don't know i haven't watched the show join inspired disorder plus today Head on over to inspireddisorder.com slash plus to join. Membership includes members-only discounts and deals. You get access to the Ray Taylor Show completely ad-free, as well as bonus episodes. You get access to the complete live painting archive. You also get access to every single podcast ever produced by Inspired Disorder, hosted by Ray Taylor. You get access to Ray Taylor's personal blog as well as the opportunity to ask me any questions so if you want to start a podcast you're into art ask me anything 
and so many more things are being added every day to Inspire Disorder Plus. So sign up today, become a member, head on over to inspiredisorder.com slash plus and become an Inspire Disorder Plus member today. And there's a, a great scene where, where Sidney Poitier or Mr. Tibbs um, is talking about the difference in jail time. I think he's talking to one of the prisoners of how like there's jail time for white people and then there's colored jail time. And if you exist in the year 2022, six, almost 60 years in the future from this date, has a statement still being so poignant and so true to this day that 60 years after the making of In the Heat of the Night, the fact that the criminal justice system in the United States has completely different like rules and laws and and t- not I mean time differences between when a white person commits a crime and a black person commits a crime or just a person of color commits a crime like you see the slap on the wrist that somebody like Kyle Rettenhouse would get for literally killing somebody traveling across state lines with an assault rifle and murdering somebody and getting away with it do you kill two people i don't know the the cops that kill brianna taylor nothing you know but then there's like that one trucker in colorado whose brakes failed and caused like a massive pileup that killed a bunch of people, sentenced to like a hundred and something years in prison because he's a a brown person. Thankfully, it's you know I think the the protests changed that a little bit, but it's like we still have to protest for that shit. Like the systems that we have in place are so broken that a statement like there is different jail time for white people and black people is still highly relevant zero has changed a statement that is said in 2022 that is just as honest and poignant as it was 60 years ago so yeah great movie it's i mean it's a a fun like investigative like noir kind of a thing not really noir but uh you know murder mystery kind of a uh, a movie with uh you know a great racial slant to it a racial aspect to it where a guy like has to i mean he has to solve this crime in order to not only get these other guys free but to free himself in a lot of ways so check it out if you can if you want i think it's available on like criterion maybe also on hbo max i forgot exactly where i watched it but it's a great one if you have not seen it i highly recommend it it's called in the heat of the night don't confuse it with the tv show which might be good as well oh also i forgot to mention oh a couple things i forgot to mention one taking it way back way back to the cotton farmer where you know Poitier points out the hey this evidence this guy is is clearly linked to it there's a situation where the the farmer slaps 
Mr. Tibbs. Because that white racist, white supremacist farmer, cotton farmer, has done that his entire life. Gotten away with slapping people of color because in his existence, in the reality that he's lived in, he has had that privilege to abuse humans. As long as the melanin content is of a certain amount. But not in this instance. Get slapped right back by Sidney Poitier. A great scene. A great scene that also holds up because what happens? What happens? We see it all over the place today. All these conservative white supremacist bullies. When they get slapped back, what do they do? He tries to get the cop to arrest him. Right? Chief Gillespie sitting right there. He's like, did you see what this black dude just did to me? And any other day, if that were any other person, if Gillespie didn't have the respect, didn't just have that, that thing happen where the evidence blew his mind up, he would have. He would have treated the situation like they've treated black people throughout the existence of black people in this country. But not in this moment. This was a moment very different. So you see the bully trying to, trying to be an asshole to the black dude. You see the black dude slapping back. And what happened? Bully goes to the cop. In this instance, doesn't always happen. But in this instance, probably the most fictional part of this whole whole movie is the fact that the cop didn't do anything but it makes sense because of the event that just happened but the cop doesn't do it so what happens the the fragile little snowflake cotton farmer cries because he didn't get his way because in this moment he wasn't able to bully somebody he wasn't able to beat a black dude without with impunity he was he wasn't he wasn't free to be an asshole. That was a great moment. What was the other thing? There was another thing I, I, I missed. But that was great. Um, no, maybe that was it. But that was a great moment. Oh, the Ray Charles song. Just got some static in the microphone. Uh, the Ray Charles song, the theme song to this movie which I forget what movie I was watching recently, but there's there. I think there's been a couple movies I've watched recently. I don't know if they're from the sixties necessarily, but it's something that used to happen in movies now and then they had theme songs. This one was written and performed by Ray Charles, which is if you're going to have a theme song for your movie, Ray Charles is a great one, but it's one where like the title of the movie is in the song. I think there was a Harold and Kumar, movie had a Harold and Kumar song maybe the first one uh and then there was another like older movie that had a theme song as well which is weird and the Ray Charles one's great I mean they played in the intro the weird thing is the thing that doesn't fit the one thing in this entire movie I think that doesn't hold up and was probably just a trend at the time is the fact that this theme song where he's singing in the heat of the night 
comes in and out of this movie multiple times. And it it's like, what is going... Like, I think they did... There's something else that they, they did, but there... There's a few other things where it's they use music multiple times throughout the movie. Like most modern movies will have different music for different moments. But like when movies have like in this one how it uses the theme song throughout kind of it comes in and out through different moments like completely takes me out. And to hear a song like even if it's just a regular song, not even a theme song and that song is played multiple times throughout like as a score almost in replace of a score uh doesn't hold up i think that's something that you know I, it's kind of cheesy it's kind of cheesy uh but other than that that was it those are the only two things i forgot to mention uh but other than that it's a great movie i mean it's even a great movie despite the fact that i mean ray charles great theme song but you know kind of cheesy that it, it runs through like a score uh but either way check it out in the heat of the night New episodes of The Ray Taylor Show come out every single day. Subscribe on YouTube and everywhere our podcasts are found. Binge the full week over at InspiredDisorder.com slash plus. Buy Ray Taylor Show merch over at InspiredDisorder.com. And follow the show on Instagram at Ray Taylor Show. Have a wonderful day, everybody. Peace. Ouch! Today is the day where you wake up and you realize that everything that you've been dreaming about, everything that you've been wanting, every goal and wish and hope that you've ever had can become real. Dreams can come true. What you manifest in your mind, you can bring to reality.